Welcome to Business Talk Sister Guck. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is Selling a Handmade Product. And if you have missed the first two episodes in this series, um, they're right before this. Uh, so you should go back and listen to those where we talked about um, inventing a product and then also launching or preparing for a launch and troubleshooting that. So this week we're going to be focusing on the actual uh, sales portion and marketing and, and how we went about that. So um, the first thing we're going to talk about in that area, uh, first we should probably tell you <laughs> our product is a scrubby holder ding, ding. <laughs> and it uh, holds your sponges and drains the liquid out into the sink through a little spout. You can go check it out on our website if you want to. com forward slash shop. Bam, bam. Anyway, so that's where you can find it if you're looking for a visual example. Uh, but essentially, when we were saying, all right, we want to actually start getting people to buy this, um, we had to go do some marketing. One of the first things that we did to kick off marketing um, was like developing the visual elements, like with the pictures and photography and all of that, and then going into our product descriptions. Um, and so what we did with that was uh, just did a lot of keyword research, which we talk quite a bit about SEO on our podcast um, and like how to go about doing that. And we talk about different tools that we've used. Um, so if you're interested in that, I know we have episodes about that. Um, so go ahead. And, and take a listen to those otherwise um they're the tool that we really like is answer the public um and then there's yeah if you just search for like keyword keyword.io mm-hmm. sem rush moz there's so many out there that you can use um but the the cool thing about most of them is that they're free for a certain number of searches if you just have like a free account mm-hmm. and um but you have to know what else to look for before you even go into those so i really also like google trends because you can search as many things on there as you want and look at what things are changing and and why and i think it's really important to um me to know and and that's why i think we really pushed well let's start everything um at the beginning of this year and then start pushing it further different ways getting ready to market more later on um because with e-commerce, I think it's like 50 to, I don't remember the exact statistic, maybe it was like 80% of e-commerce purchases in the United States happen. It's really big. It's it's more than half. Hmm. Um, happen between the months of October to uh, January. Yeah. And then like when we were writing up the different product descriptions and things like that, it's really important to use um, diversified words to describe the same thing. Um, Which Ruthie's really great at. (laughs) Because I could say the same thing 20 different ways. (laughs) Um, But if you, so like not using the same thing over and over and over again, because that's called keyword stuffing and you will get deranked on Google and other search engines and things like that if you just keep using the same thing over and over and over again. Sometimes you'll yeah if it's not helpful information yeah if it's not actually adding value and it's also dependent on the number of words that are in a blog post or a description like if it's like um i don't know say you only have a paragraph and you use the same word like 10 times then it's going to be flagged as keyword stuffing um in algorithms so anyway so we tried to use a kind of more 
diverse description and not the same description for every single product, that's really important. When you have like multiple different products, you can't use the same description for all of them. They need to have like unique uh, elements to each of them because otherwise it's seen as duplicate content, which is another thing that you can get deranked for in search engines. Yeah. And I would say too, um, there's a lot of stuff we've talked about for like pages and ranking and stuff like that, but actually e-commerce product page listings is a whole new game Mm -hmm. very different than like regular blog posts and things like that yeah and so there's a lot more looking at how can you rank for long tail keyword searches that are very specific and um but getting in front of those things even to begin with is really important so one of the things we did after we had set everything up um we had a lovely friend who said hey i can help you with this and you just need to make me a meal (laughs) i was like deal (laughs) let's do that so um getting into google merchant center was something that i wanted to do now you can run ads that's basically getting into the shopping section of google um and this is the interesting thing about that so google merchant center used to be free and then they were like "Mm, you guys you need to pay to be in here (laughs) and then they were like oh man Amazon is kicking our butts. How are we going to keep up? Oh, we need to make this free so everyone gets on our stuff so people will keep shopping in Google Shopping. Otherwise, they lose money overall. And so um, that's kind of been the the drama there with that. Mm -hmm. But um, because it's free, getting your product to show up nicely with the images in Google Shopping is really important. And one of the things that was really nice for us, even though when we did it, we weren't running ads right away, which by the way, Google PPC or pay-per-click people called me and they're like, this is what we think you should advertise with. And and then they also told me that they were very concerned because they didn't think that my margins were going to be good enough to be able to spend for um, what they thought it should need for exposure in order to sell the product. They were like, I think that you're going to lose money on every product you sell if you use ads. But um, when I was talking with somebody who's actually a pay-per-click expert, they're like, yeah, well, that's because you're letting their algorithm choose everything for you or you're going off of their recommendations, which they want you to spend a lot of money. And if you do way more targeted campaigns, you don't need to spend that much money. And I think that's really important because a lot of small business owners, when they talk to Google representatives or when they are from Facebook or whatever company that's talking to you about how much you should be spending, you have to realize that their objective is to get you to spend more money all the time. What? (laughs) Right? Because that's how they get um, incentivized is on how much you spend. And um, I, I actually used to have a job where I worked a lot with Google people and they would um, meet us at different conferences or whatever and talk with us. And um, I kid you not, like pretty much the focus of that whole conversation primarily was trying to coach me on how I can sell more advertising. And I'm like, but that's not what's best for my customer um, because I'm not going to have them spend more money just to spend more money so I can get a special badge. I, I or want a water bottle. Yeah. And it's important for them to get a good return on investment. And if all you're trying to do is push this, it's not worth it to them. They're just spending money to spend money. And unfortunately, there are a lot of really big companies out there that literally do that. 
and they don't care if they don't get a return on investment. It's all just about exposure, but not even like good exposure. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand digital marketing and they're okay with throwing away hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's unfortunate. But just dumping it and targeting keywords that might not even be good keywords. (laughs) Yeah, or just saying like their marketing person says, oh, I have this budget that I have to spend and if I don't spend it, I'm gonna get in trouble. And that's like a very terrible way to run a business. So as a small business owner, obviously you can't afford to do that, nor should you want to. Um, but the nice thing about getting into the um, into that system is that you can start showing up for vis- visuals. And because we're connected with Google Search Console, we actually can see that um, our products now show up, especially for teal toothbrush holder. Pretty consistently, we um, are showing up in those ads. Um, or not ads, but just like the search um, page for shopping. So that's great. People are finding it that way and coming to our website specifically for that, even though we're really not spending any money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that exposure piece and getting on different platforms or finding out what is doing well is uh, important. Doing those tests. And I will say you do have to spend some money at first in different areas to see what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking Not like, a lot of money. I'm talking, <laughs> and this is what I'm going to clarify. $5. Play around Test with it. Test it. See what it does. Stop it do something else Mm -hmm. try and try and try and And don't try to do like 50 tweaks at once try one thing see how it plays out and then try another thing because if you try 10 things at once and you don't know what actually worked (laughs) yeah yep so that's a really big deal and so when when you're doing that we did some with etsy to see how that would work and here's the big thing that i was struggling with with etsy um you can put in like 10 keywords in your listing to say this is what i want to show up for and then we started doing some ads with them and i mean i was noticing for what we were having to spend in advertising it was basically eating our entire profit margin but we were still selling units so i was like "Mm, i don't really want to just do this for free like that's all my time and (laughs) Mm. so I'm not thinking that that's going to be a good spend for me and so and they didn't really have a whole lot of options for how to narrow that targeting in their um, platform and so I actually submitted some feedback about um, keywords because I said you guys don't have anything I don't know what people are converting on you're not showing me that information it'd be really helpful if you had some SEO stuff in there and I'm sure other people were saying the same thing because um this month or last month they rolled out beta uh, keywords and Mm -hmm. so then we started seeing oh this is actually like a huge thing that we're converting on and one of them that i was really shocked by that we have like a really high i think it's almost like a hundred percent conversion rate on is the words dry sink and i mean that really doesn't have a whole lot to do in my mind with our product but it does because it keeps your sink dry Mm -hmm. because your sponges aren't sitting on the counter so basically when someone searches that the conversion rate is like when they search that and they find our product and then they buy it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so um that was super exciting for me because those are and i'm sharing this with you most people who are marketing a product don't want to share those keywords because they're precious and it's a competitive advantage. But I'm sharing it because I don't really give a rip (laughs) because this was literally to show you how to do these things. And I want you to know that it might not always be your first instinct of a keyword that you need to start saying, oh, I need to start putting money towards this Mm -hmm. because that's actually gonna help, um, that's meeting the need that my consumer has and this is what they're looking for. They just don't even know it. 
Yeah. And one of the other things too, that we learned was just like really listening to our customers. And this is something that we preach all the time is like listening to your customers. And if you have negative feedback, using that to make your product better, your service better. And so people were reaching out to us about toothbrush holders. Like, do you have something like this, but for toothbrushes? And so that's when we diversified into the toothbrush holders. Um, and then like making some different variations in colors and things like that. And then like just our design was just unique and everything, but that was something that we decided mm-hmm. to do based on customer feedback. Yeah, and it, and I would say, um, I really think this is important to um, gather lots of customer feedback because if somebody says, well, you should do this, that doesn't always mean that you need to, mm-hmm. okay? But if you see that it's a consistent request, that's when you say, okay, a lot of people are asking about this. We should look at this as a second design. Mm-hmm. And um, the big things that I consistently heard from our product was, oh, do you have one in white? Um, so that was something that we said, all right, well, we're going to transition into that. And then people were like, yeah, and I want this for my bathroom. I want a toothbrush holder. And then as I was looking at toothbrush holders, I was thinking to myself, I absolutely hate that you can't clean the inside. And I also hate that toothbrush touch it they touch one another in the ones that stand straight up and down and so how can i make a design where you can clean it it's machine washable and also um the toothbrushes don't touch one another because that's totally spreading germs and um then another consistent feedback we got from quite a few people was i want one that fits my electric toothbrush holder or my big handled toothbrush because my toothbrush does not fit inside regular toothbrush holders Mm -hmm. and so when we did the open face that was really a lot of consistent feedback so um yeah so those are the things that we did in in terms of getting the feedback and adjusting the product and making sure that we wrote great instructions for how to use it i mean some people say well (laughs) i mean caution coffee hot like Mm -hmm. That should be obvious, but some people don't know. So making sure that that we had directions for those things and explaining to people this is how you should position it on your sink and here's what we recommend for optimum balance and um, all that kind of stuff. So after we did that, we were like, we need to start getting out there and actually selling to other places like we we had worked out our wholesale pricing uh, because we had lots of requests for that right at the beginning and so we we said you know it'd be easier for us just to drop them off rather than ship them all over the country so what can we do locally to just uh, connect with other business owners that are selling in a product category that we think our, our product would look really nice in their store or just complements what they're already doing um, so we had to identify those people and then we started something really scary. <laughs> Going to their actual physical <laughs> boutique and then talking with them about our product, um, which oh. happens to be something that I really enjoyed doing. It was really stressful at first. Like Becca kept saying like, she's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so, not good at door to door sales. <laughs> which is funny because I think, of, I don't know. It just is like Becca's very bold and I'm very in bold in every but, other situation yeah. I am mm-hmm. so bold and forward <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like so I I used to do that all the time like just door-to-door sales with my friends in high school like if they had anything then I was like oh yeah I'll come with you and sell these pizzas door-to-door like let's do that anyway so then every fundraiser she was all in <laughs> yeah <laughs> big fan of fundraising and um so I went to some places downtown and what I would do like the first time was like I was like I don't know 
what to say. I don't know how to intro this, but I knew statistically that in other areas of my life, if I can just get four interactions down, that's usually when I can get my spiel down and I can like move forward with the sales process and it's a lot easier for me. So I was like, the first couple ones are going to suck. I just need to be okay with that. They're going to suck and that's all right. Then I was like, I just need to do this and I can get four down. And then after that, it's going to get easier. Um, so that was really comforting to me to know that personal statistic about myself and what I need. So then I was like, <laughs> I was in this boutique, maybe this could be the gog, but I was in the boutique and just like staring at this wall of cards for an uncomfortably long time. And it was just like, just me and this this woman who was running the, the boutique in there. So it was like, she obviously I had her full attention because I was the only customer in her store. And so I'm just sitting there and staring at this wall and staring at this wall. And I was like, I just... I, just, I think I just need to buy something and then that will like start the conversation and then I can like ask where they buy their product from and things like that and um and so I'm sitting at the, at the wall and I was like okay well cards are the cheapest thing in here and I'm really cheap and so I just was like <laughs> all right six dollars to form a, a, a connection with this person and I was like okay and so then I just grabbed a card and then was talking with her and, just, and then just asked like oh you know how where do you guys source your product from and are you looking for other vendors and do you do any consignment and and things like that and so then and then I was like, well, I happen to have some of this product that my sister and I launched uh, in my car. Like, would you want to see it? And she was like, oh, yeah, sure. So then I was like, okay. And then I walked out to my car. My heart was just pumping and pumping. And then I was like, okay, don't break anything. Don't break anything. <laughs> and then I grabbed it and brought it in, showed it to her. And then just like went down the line of these boutiques because she was like, well, right now we're not really featuring anything um, of this kind. But I have been wanting to get into pottery. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take down your information and I'm going to follow up with you come fall when you your um, inventory turns over and you start like adding more fall things in and she was like okay that sounds good so then I made sure that night to reach out to her right away so that she was fresh in her mind and had her like sent over our our mm. website and mm -hmm. all of that also um, uh, short statistic on that I believe if you do a follow-up email within five minutes of a conversation to someone you just talked to your likelihood of being able to connect with them in the future just skyrockets mm -hmm. yeah yeah and like just being able one thing that's been really cool and I think we'll probably talk a little bit more about this when we get into like vendor shows and stuff but one thing that's really cool for us is that we have a podcast so we can talk about that and so it's not just like the hard sell on the product like we have something where we're like oh yeah this is what we do and this is why we do it and and also we have this product that we've been selling to like teach people how to sell products and so that's like the story behind it like mm -hmm. find what your story is and then that makes it so much easier to intro a product and to get people interested in it especially if you are not a salesperson yeah um i cannot i'm i am like totally an advocate of education and so if i can teach somebody something i am in my element and i love that mm -hmm. but um just being like hey you're gonna buy something or what <laughs> like <laughs> to quote someone else we recently talked to right <laughs> we did um, an episode about uh baking and then the word in the her nephew, yeah, her nephew was like <laughs> saying that to people at a trade show <laughs> anyways you should go listen to that episode if you're yeah. interested in catering <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, one of the things that I did want to talk about that Ruthie had touched on that maybe is a confusing topic for you is consignment sales. Um, this is a whole different part of um, opportunity that a lot of artists utilize. Um, but in general, it's something where basically you don't actually sell wholesale to the um, business. You bring your product in, you sign a contract with them sometimes that says you can have it here for like a year or maybe it's six months, whatever it is that they use to move their inventory through. Um, and during that time period, it's on display and you have a price that you agree to that you say, this is what I would like you to price it as. And they'll have, okay, this is how much we'll take out of that for um, basically um, selling your product for you. And this is how much you'll make. And if they sell any of your stuff, then like usually quarterly or whatever their cycle is for how they do that payout, they'll send you a check or, and then they'll also let you know if they need more of your product to refill their inventory. And um, the, the messy thing about this is that you have to, if you're not selling a ton of product or maybe you are, but they're just like, okay, we're, we're transitioning. We don't want this in here anymore. You have to go back and get that. And right? sometimes there's a fee, like a renting, you're renting the space to be able to feature your product. So yeah. sometimes you have to, you might be losing money if you're not spending, nobody's buying anything. Yeah. And then also too, um, sometimes those fees will also say, hey, like, um, we're also going to take like um, a little bit out for these other things or something. You really have to read the contract, mm -hmm. whatever it is, because sometimes those fees can be even higher than selling wholesale. And so I think it's important to know your options, but if you have more of a higher priced product, it could be something to think about, but you should also consider a minimum advertised price um, for all of your stuff. A lot of people call this a MAP, um, M-A-P. And so basically anytime you manufacture a product, you're saying, if you have this in your advertising, on your Facebook page, whatever, you need to make sure the price point is at least this number can be higher but it has to be this number because otherwise what ends up happening is somebody can buy your product and start dropping the price and dropping the price and then you have like this price war on the same product at different stores that now nobody's making really any money on and then eventually they say well it's not feasible for us to keep carrying this product we're not making any money on it and then you lose all of those um, positioning places so um, really important to have a policy on that so that you don't and and also too is if they're going to clearance an item of yours after they've already bought it from you and they're selling it you sold it to them wholesale that's not something they should be allowed to advertise like hey come buy this product that was once $50 and is now 12 Okay, we're going to transition into our sister gark portion now. Next week's episode, we are going to uh, keep going with what we've learned about selling a product. And we're going to talk about vendor shows um, and like the supplies that you should bring uh, and things that we've learned. And we're just going to also just have fun with that one and talk about some of our experiences. And we're also going to recap um, basically the whole series on selling the a product. Points. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tune in next week for that. Uh, and now, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you heard the in the gawk portion where we talked about how we used to do this thing called like the towel of comfort with my like we just I don't know with our father. Yeah, <laughs> just like pamper Built in my this dad. Amazing chair. Yeah, that wasn't really that amazing. It was just a chair that Becca stapled a pillow too <laughs> okay <whatnot. laughs> okay we told you last week that it created some doom and gloom for our family afterwards yeah. and so we're gonna tell you how that happened <laughs>
Okay, so the scene is set. We've got this porch. We've got a chair on the porch. The chair has been modified with okay. all kinds if of... If you missed last week, basically what I did was I took a uh, board and I nailed it to the top of the armrest and drilled a whole bunch of holes with a power tool <laughs> to try to make a cup holder. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really, like, wasn't that really effective. Yeah. But- and it was a little bit splintery and whatnot. But we painted it and we tried to make it nice. Anyways it wasn't a huge like it, people didn't spend a lot of time in it and because of that it didn't get a whole lot of use but and somebody then, thought it was absolutely perfect yeah for their home it just so happens that somebody was a, a whole hive of bees <laughs> <laughs> and so anytime you would go near the chair it was infested with bees and you would get stung and so one time our sister rachel was standing uh. on the porch and playing with the slinky <laughs> and just doing her thing you know like standing near the chair and then my mom came out and was like ah rachel and, and looked in the slinky and she had somehow killed two bees <laughs> with the slinky it was she was squishing them yeah as they were flying by so she's like ninja skills unintentionally murdering these bees and that were trying to get after her getting stung <laughs> yeah so dodged a bullet there but there are many many a times of people getting stung by little uh yeah that was a poor decision yeah and my dad has a very fond relationship with a can of raid and so he <laughs> always is like going ham but he'll like but recently oh maybe we can tell you about that next week of um recent interaction that my dad had with a beehive oh yeah we should do that so tune in next week for that (laughs) if not to learn all about um selling products at vendor shows Mm -hmm. and if you enjoyed this episode you should give us a review on apple Podcasts, and we will see you next week